0: chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message.
1: Welcome to this time of listening to the word of God coming to you from the pulpit ministry of Calvary Baptist Church of the Ghana Baptist Convention. I'm glad you are able to join us today. We are doing a series looking at the parables of Jesus. Our Lord Jesus Christ was a master storyteller. He didn't just tell stories that would make us laugh. He told stories to make us think. He He told us stories to make heaven real. He told stories about our future. But above all, he told stories that will make us alert to inherit eternal life. Are you ready? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? And are you prepared not only to be a listener of the story, but doer of what you are supposed to do in accordance with the wisdom revealed in this story? Let us pray. Almighty God, we are before you again to hear your word. Speak, for your servants are listening. May the entrance of your word bring us the correction, the healing, the direction, the insight, and the foresight that we need. We wait for you, because you are our God. You are our Redeemer. You are our friend. Speak through me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. People love making excuses. But it's ridiculous when you have people making an excuse about the party that they've been invited to. Well, Jesus loved parties. He loved to attend parties. Are you surprised? He said it himself. That when John the Baptist came, he was a recluse. He he didn't like attending parties. He didn't mix with anybody. And they said, this man is strange. But when he came, Jesus, he was glad to mix with people. He went to their dinners and their parties. And then what did they say? They said this man had demons because he went to parties. But you know the reason why he went? He went there so that he could meet live people. Live people who had burdens. Live people who had situations and he could talk to them. who are carrying burdens. You see, he was like a physician. He was like a doctor who was known and therefore attracted sick people who he could cure. One day, he went to a party. And he saw people who had been invited. Some came and sat at the high table and were moving up and down. Some came and they went to the back. Some came and they went to the side. Then he told them, look, my friends, be careful. When somebody invites you to a party, don't go there and be too arrogant to take the front seat. Go and sit somewhere. And when the one who the host of the party comes, you invite you to the front to give you a big seat. Then everybody will know that you are an important person. But when you go and sit at the front and they come and somebody is more important than you and they say, go to the back, then they've disgraced you. Then somebody says, Oh, a man sitting at the table told you, said, what a blessing. To be to attend the banquet of the kingdom, because Jesus added that there will be a banquet in god 's kingdom, and to be great to have people attend it. Because the man talked about being at the table with Jesus and being at god 's party, Jesus told the parable about a great party, a party that has been called that is still being called a party to attend God 's meeting or to come to God's house, a party that technically invites people to be born again, to make a decision to live for God in this rotten world. In this upside-down world, God wants some people to live the right side up and invites people, as many as want to come, to come and join him, but some make excuses. I remember quite clearly some time ago I was introduced to a man who was building a big house in front of of the sea, the beach. So I said, oh, meet my friend. It's Pastor Fred. The man looked at me and said, oh, you are a pastor. OK, I'll come to your church when I finish my building. I looked at him and asked myself, what's the connection between his building and coming to church? Well, your guess is as good as mine. He may have been hiding certain things. He may have felt condemned, either by what I said or by what he knows about church. All his conscience was already condemning him. That is not Jesus' way. He told a parable, and that parable we can find in the gospel, and that gospel is Luke chapter 14, verses 16 to 24. Luke chapter 14, verses 16 to 24. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began to make excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what he had said. The master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So the master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge everyone you will find to come, so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Let God bless us as we do not only hear the word, but its interpretation and its application into our life situation. As we've said in the previous series, looking at the parables of Jesus, He says, use parables to teach us about the kingdom of heaven. The parable to explain an invitation to salvation in this particular one. The Bible gives many invitations. God is still calling you and I to come. When we see the stars, we see the wonder of God. When you see the sea, you see the vastness of God. When you admire the things human beings have been able to do, you wonder if human beings can do this, what about their creator? If you find great, great things, you wonder who is behind all this? The great creator. And God uses all of these to draw us to Himself, to worship Him, to marvel at His goodness, to believe in Him, to serve Him, and to be good to one another. But despite these many invitations, many still continue to reject the gift of salvation. And many who even have received Christ as their Lord and Savior live carelessly. When the slightest difficulty comes, when the challenge comes, they backslide. They say things they shouldn't say. They have no staying power. So they reject, they make fun of, or they refuse Jesus Christ and want to avoid him. But today, he's telling us a parable, the parable of the great party that each person is invited. He starts off by saying he sent out an invitation. Invitations were sent out in advance. Each person had enough time to prepare for the supper. And the invitation, in those days, was sick to let you know, just like they do today. Oh, friends, in two weeks, I'll be having a party. In a month, I'll be having a wedding. In three weeks, I invite you to this and this place. This is the address come. So they will follow up. Said, now it is happening. I'm reminding you the party is tomorrow. The party is 8 p.m. The party will you come? Now, when they went out first, people received the invitation and said they will come. And can you imagine how much the host would have spent in preparing for the party? Then the time comes. And they keep making an excuse. It's like somebody who has booked a 200-seater hall for a party, paid for it. The caterers have delivered everything. The tables are set. The drinks are ready. The buffet is ready. And then how many people come? 20 or 30. He says, what is going on? Friend, let me jump to application just quickly. You see, for instance, in this country, where they are 70% who say they are Christians. When it comes to Sunday, how many really go to church? And when it comes to the week, how many really prove by what we do at home, in the office, in the market, on the radio, on TV, driving on the streets, that we are Christians. The Lord invites us every day to party with him for his spirit to live within us, to dine with us, to sup with us, to coach us, to instruct us, that we may walk according to his desire for our lives, the template for our lives. But do we follow him? There are many invitations that are made in the Bible. We'll look at a few of them. First, there's an invitation to salvation. God said in his word, and particularly in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28, 29, and 30, Come, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for I am lonely of heart, and I will help you. So, this is clearly an invitation to salvation. If you do not know Him as your Lord and Savior, He's calling you. Come, 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 come to me, come to me. But what do some do? They know Him or they don't know Him, but they know they are heavy laden. They have problems. They have challenges in their lives. But what do they do? Instead of coming to Jesus to help them with the load they are carrying, they go to Jijime. They go to drink. They go to drugs. They go to pornography. They go to smuggling. They go to all kinds of things because they think that their salvation lies in these things. And they go deeper and deeper and deeper into rot. And this rot... That' does not help them. Today, if you can hear the voice of God, who is inviting you into a spiritual renewal, the renewal of your mind, renewal of your body, renewal of going back to your first love, I challenge you and I encourage you, go back to him. You've messed up your life, but so long as you are still alive, the Lord invites you. He said it in his word, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Can you cry to him and say, Lord, I am burdened. I've blown it. I've messed it up. Lord, I come to you. Receive me. If you pray this prayer sincerely, say, Lord, come into my heart. Holy Spirit, fill me and use me. God will help you. The Holy Spirit will help you. And we can also help you if you contact us after this broadcast or go to any Bible-believing church. But for even those who know him as Lord and Savior, He invites you, not only to be a pure woman, not just to sit down there and be enjoying, waiting for the heavenly bus to take off and take you to heaven. But he invites you to serve him. Look at Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Invitation to serve. He told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Go everywhere. The Lord's intention is that his word must be heard by everyone. And you know how God does it. He sends us everywhere. It's amazing to see what the Lord did for the church to scatter. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he clearly told his disciples, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and then you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the world. That's what he had for them, the agenda. For us to reach out with the gospel to the ends of the world. By any means, by radio, by TV, by any means, they are using to listen and to hear me today. But what did the disciples do? Like us, they were complacent. They were satisfied with being in Jerusalem. They were satisfied in their little corner. Or they were afraid. They didn't know what was ahead of them. But when the Spirit came and the Lord allowed persecution, then they went to Samaria. They went to the uttermost parts of the world. And signs and wonders began to follow, and many people came. Today, the Lord is calling us again, going to the world and make disciples of all people. So if you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you are enjoying His party, you are enjoying His goodness, you are enjoying His salvation, you are enjoying church, you are enjoying His fellowship, He invites you to a great party, As they say, there's no free lunch. Yes, there's free lunch in the sense that he's giving to you free. But he also calls you into action. He invites you to serve. Those things that are important to him should be important to you. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Will you go? Will you go? Or you have an excuse. Oh, I have a job. I have a father who is sick. I have a mother who is sick. I don't know what to say. I cannot say it. I'm not eloquent. I don't have money to go. I don't have a good dress. I cannot speak well. What is your excuse for obeying him? Maybe you're in a foreign land. Can you learn the language? Maybe you're a teacher. Can you give an example through your teaching? Can you be an example to someone? A great party says, I've invited you. but you have a task to perform. The invitation to serve continues by saying, Surrender your life and be a living sacrifice to somebody. Let somebody see you and bear testimony about your goodness. Recently, I was in a meeting and somebody was asking another man, do you drink or do you smoke? Does the Bible say don't drink or don't smoke? And the man looked at him and said, why do you want to ask me this question? He said, let me ask you this question. I say I'm a Christian and I say I'm a pastor. And you are asking me this. So, if you see me drinking or smoking and you are not a Christian, you are not a believer, what will you say? And the man looked at him and said, Well, I don't really know what I will say. Then he said, Okay, now you see me doing something that you judge as not good enough, what will you say? Say, so I'll say, Ah, if you, even as a Christian, you are doing this, what shall I do? So the man got into this exchange, which was really. Just words that they were exchanging. Then he asked him, can a Christian smoke? Can a Christian commit fornication? The friend said, No, 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 no. A Christian cannot smoke, a Christian cannot commit fornication. Then the pastor said, You don't understand me, you don't understand me. Can has to do with ability. So long as I have a hand, so long as My throat is still there. So long as I can smell, so long as all my faculties are intact, I can drink, I can smoke, I can commit fornication. I can do everything that a human being is doing. But the right question will be, must I drink? Must I smoke? Do these things help me? Are they a good testimony? When I'm tempted, should I yield? The answer is no, 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 no. Why? I want to conform to God's standard. Because in doing those things, I may lead somebody astray. Then the man said, Okay, I get you now, I get you now, I get you now. I think that's where I fall short. Then the man turned to me and said, This is what we call a living sacrifice. He said, Let me tell the truth. Sometimes, yes, I feel like that doing the same thing. I feel like they're dancing, they're smoking. The fornication, the adultery, they come into my mind, I feel like doing it. But because I'm a Christian, because I'm this, because I want to please the Lord, because I want to be welcomed to His party, because I want to be known as His, I say no, 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 and I ask the Spirit to control me. That is what it means to be known as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Why? Because in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, the Lord said, If anyone wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Hallelujah. That's the standard of what it takes to enjoy the fellowship of Jesus, that he came from heaven to earth. The world that he had made, the world that was dirty and filthy. the world where he was born was the world of sinners, the world of animals, the world full of stench. The world where even the king wanted to kill him. But he came down. And he knew people who would betray him. Even Judas was part of the group he called. Then he said something. That if you want to follow me, if you really want to be a kingdom star, if you want to be known as one of the children of Jesus, he said, if any man wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. There are many who want to come to the party, who want to enjoy the party. But they do not want to make any, any contribution at all. Like I said earlier, the smallest pressure, and they are gone. Then they start calling names and cursing and making everyone believe that if they were in the world, they would have been better off. The Lord said, no, that is what it takes. So they refuse. They refuse to make any commitment to Jesus. They come to church, or they go to places where Christ is worshipped. With the slightest pressure, they back off. That's why we, are so, we have so many people who are Christians in name. They are not willing to let anything go. They are not willing to support the kingdom. They are not willing to be discipled. He invites you to the party. The party says, come and I will make you fishers of men. Come, and I will coach you. Come, and I will mentor you. Come, and I will lead you, and I will guide you. And you would not be the same." So those are some of the invitations that I continues to make. And look, my brother, my sister, and people continue to make some excuses every day. But you see, the excuses for not attending the supper were very lame excuses, purchasing excuses. Oh, the man said, I bought a ground and I want to see it. Who buys a piece of land and doesn't, uh, has not seen it? Well, maybe you are so rich that you bought the land in the night or you bought the land in the day. Is it now in the night that you are going to see it? Oh, the man said, I bought an oxen, I bought donkey. And I want to now go and try it. Who goes to try a donkey in the night? Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. What a ridiculous excuse. You're going to try your donkey in the evening when the party is ready? We're going to try it? We're going to try your tractor in the night? Yes, I know these days you can put on light as a floodlight. You see, but what Jesus is talking about is somebody's intention for making an excuse. One of my lecturers told me something. Said people make a lot of excuses about sickness. Oh, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that I'm not well. And amazingly, when they say those things as an excuse over and over and over for why they don't want to do something, suddenly they find themselves in the throes of that sickness that they are unable to do anything they are immobilized they are paralyzed the thing that they don't want to do and therefore they say they are sick the time comes when they are actually sick and they can't do it will you say to jesus yes i want to love you i want to serve you i want to be part of the group that goes out doing what you've called me to do or like paul said i can do all things through christ who strengthens me so you don't give the excuse they are going out in the darkness to go and see and test the animals that you have purchased. Some will not go to the party. The Lord is calling them because of pleasure. Look at verse 20. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. Oh, there are people whose home, the family, the wife, the children, has become an excuse. Well, it is true that God gives us family to take care of but don't let the family become such a huge excuse that you have no time for God, you have no time for Jesus, you have no time for doing what God has called you to do. Because a man has married, you cannot attend church because you are a wife. Your husband even forbids you from serving in the choir or anything. Yes, sometimes it's difficult for people to know where to draw the balance in serving God. But for some of you who are courting, you can already see that you haven't married this man. He's just your friend. She's just your friend. But they have no fear of God. They are so jealous. They are so possessive. They are so domineering. They will not allow you to even worship God. There was this lady who told this story. I mean, she was, a man was courting, or they were courting, and she just came and said, Pastor, I can't carry on anymore. I said, why? Said this man is a liar. So how do you know he's a liar? He said, two levels of telling lies. First, we're asked point blank, Are you people having sex? The pastor asked us, Are you having sex? He said, No, no, we are not having any sex. So I turned and I looked at him. He blinked his eye at me and shook his head. Because we're doing it. He said, No, we're not. And I shuddered that if this man who wants to marry me at this point in time is doing this. Well, what would the pastor do if he says we have sinned and we agree we have sinned? We can only agree with him to pray and forgive us or he will admonish us. Because after all, it is for our own good. And this is testing my husband to be his truthfulness. He said, when he said that, I was shocked. And I made up my mind that this man, Not trustworthy, it's not. It's the second one they asked him, How much do you earn and you pay your tithe faithfully? Again, he gave an answer that I know was not the truth. So I decided, This man, I'll not go in with him. If he had said, It's difficult for me to give tithe correctly, but I'll try. You see, her point is this that she had learned that people do not change suddenly, that if you can even give an excuse in the eyes of a man of God, or where they say, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in their midst. You have no fear of God in you, and you are telling lies at this stage. How can I trust you when we are married? Friends, sometimes the writing is on the wall, but we go out of it, because you want the marriage so badly, you want that companionship so badly, and you have no room for Jesus, to be your friend, your coach, your director. You have no room for the Holy Spirit. You have no room for the truth. And then you become miserable. The Lord is telling you, the party is on. And look at somebody. The excuse is giving is not acceptable to God. God knows the reason behind the excuse. So Jesus said all these things. then he asked that some should go and still bring others in. It's interesting. When they brought some in, the party was not full, and he still asked them to go and bring more and more in. Well, we're almost coming to the end of this lesson, and you can go ahead and read it yourself and take something. But let me finish by saying this. The Lord was concerned about something, that there are many more who are to come. For instance, if we say there are 70% who are Christians, and they don't even go to church, it means there are some who need to be retrieved in this country. If we say, out of a world of 8 or 9 billion, only 2 billion say they are Christians, it means we have a lot of work to do. 4 or 5 billion need to come. So there are many more. So in verse 22, Jesus said, after the seven had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. There's still room for more, regardless of how many We may win to Christ. There's still and there's always room for more. We should never be satisfied. Yes, says, go into all the world and bring them in. Go and bring them in. Go to the great party. You are not willing to lose your family members. Neither is God willing to lose anybody to the devil. Christ must win. And he must win through you, his servant, through you, his son, through you, his daughter. Will you accept that challenge today? Will you raise your hand with me and say, Lord Jesus, today I rededicate myself to the task. Yes, you have invited many to the party. The room is not yet full. There are many empty chairs. This year, this week, this month, help me to be a channel of bringing some in to serve you and to love you. And whatever excuse I have, Lord, I hand it over to you. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That I'll be a vessel of use. Amen. If this is your prayer and your desire to live a revived life and be the witness God wants you to be, be our guest. We'll be glad to help you when you contact us in church or. Through the medium you heard this from as we give our details. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church. Headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Dagby. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us. On Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locators right opposite the Mr. Biggs Restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyal Filling Station. Our Amasaman campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamai Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via Calvi Baptist Ghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024 369 0485 or 0302 231. 854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.